But what brought my daughter hope wasn't in the stride of my walking, was in the fight, the fight to get up, the fight to walk. And I think my message would be, especially to the guys that are listening, people are watching, but what they're watching is not so much that you've got it together, but that you're fighting to get it together, that you're fighting to get up right? It's the Christ fallen three times and he gets up three times. They want to see you fall, but they want to see you with the grit and the grind of trying to, to get it back together and get up. And that's what gives our families hope. And that's what gave my daughter hope was that she could see me fighting. And when she saw me fighting, she knew it was going to be okay. Beatitudes and Beatitudettes, we've uh, learned that there are at least like four women who All listen, are welcome. With, listen to this episode and show. Uh, I think with our guest, we're going to have five or six. Oh, yeah, we might we <laughs> might pump it up just a little bit. Uh, but yes, we are a podcast for Christian men and, and women seeking to grow in holiness and especially through authentic fraternity with wit and wisdom, humor and holiness. And so welcome to the show. My name is Paul Kolker and I am joined as per usual, by the rootinest, tootinest uh, co-hosts. <laughs> We're trying to mix up our intro <laughs> words. Rootinest, tootinest. Uh, Are Jeff, you looking at me? Yeah, Jeff Scheffelbein. Howdy there, Paul Coker. <laughs> or Scheffelbein, as he likes to be called. I don't even think I say my last name correctly. That's fair. Yeah, you probably don't. No. Yes. Um, and, of course, cannot exclude Nick Besner. What's going on, everybody? The business. <laughs> Give them the business. <laughs> you bet. Don't Let's mess. Get down with to the head. Business. You'll get the business. <laughs> Wait, what? It's like a snake. Like don't oh, don't mess with it. Like that. That saying. I was I trying know. to think of what song has the word business in it. Like, um, oh, let's take care of business. That's what you were just singing. Yeah, yeah I was. Well, no, I I did the um, let's get down to business. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to it, yeah. defeat. The Huns. It's yeah. the Mulan. Mulan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going way back to the 90s. Disney, everybody. You guys make fun of me for bringing up Broadway shows. We're going Mulan. Okay, but Disney <laughs> is a little better known than, you know, some of your obscure Broadway references, Mr. I was in a show I still don't even know that it was a Broadway reference. <laughs> yeah. I'm just now learning that. He could have just been making it up. You know, up. when you look over at our guest who we'll meet in a minute and you see his age, I just invite people like this to make myself feel better. He's going to get all my references. Wait, that's right. Oh. Thank you. I thought you were just like old shaming one of our guests yeah, for a second. It did sound that way. It's a like same thing. What same. are you saying? Same thing. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to feel offended and just walk out, we would we would forgive that. Yeah, because yeah. Jeff and I are the old guys. Yeah, isn't like same shaming just complimenting? Like if I say, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Start again. Same shaming. Like we're both old. Okay, it's just a compliment. Oh, oh, it? because it's self-deprecating humor that you angle at somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? You're too fast for me today. <laughs> Paul, Paul's on another level. Yeah, I, I don't know if I told you guys this, but uh, I usually eat keto, and I have had several carbs today, so I am <laughs> fired up, full of energy. That's it. You know, a lot of blood carb glucose. loaded. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. it. I carb loaded. Jason, he pounds gummy bears when he wants to be a, like super next level comedy. Yes. And so I don't know. I Sugar's smell, the answer. Huh? I can smell uh, little purple guys on your breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm breathing high fructose corn syrup right now. <sighs> yeah, it's only high fructose corn syrup. Oh, yeah. No, it's not any like healthy real sugar. 
Well, gentlemen, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're almost at the end of season one, which is pretty exciting. This is show 47 of wow. 50. And uh, the podcast world said that there's no such thing as seasons, so we just made this up. Yeah, like most things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we do visual sight gags on an audio mostly podcast. But it works. <laughs> if you are listening to us right now, you are missing out on a lot of stuff that's happening also on YouTube. Go to YouTube, the website app. <laughs> I, was, I was just waiting type, to watch you. Type in the following. <laughs> Jeff just learned how the internet works yesterday. <laughs> well, you know, when you're our age. We don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. Shots That's fired. So Thank you. We still know how to build stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like popsicle sticks. <laughs> but, but it's a suspension bridge and you can drive on That's it. That's fair. Yeah, no. Guys, I think for season two, I would recommend a smaller table. <laughs> it seems a yeah, little luxurious. Yeah. It'll be it seems even little, tiny-er yeah. table. Well, he is the king of innovation over here. Yeah, so. I think smaller better. Yeah, this, that's, this is a little obnoxious how big this is. <laughs> the problem with our show is that we're not close enough. No, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. To finish my thought, at the underscore YouTube. <laughs> nope. <laughs> So why to, would YouTube come up in the middle of our <laughs> show name? And why are you underscoring it? Well, that, no, that you, one. That's our problem. That YouTube. one we have com Yeah. Slash at the yeah. underscore Beatitudes. Yeah. Now don't type out underscore just to be clear. Because <laughs> I think one person has done that. Yep. Nick. No, I'm just kidding. It was Jeff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're on YouTube, but are you on the new X? Is that- we actually oh, do have an X. We X. have an X Twitter account yeah yeah we have an x account i don't know how many there's probably not many followers underscore beatitudes is it really yeah at the underscore beatitudes i should uh probably connect with you about that given that i'm trying to manage the social media stuff (laughs) (laughs) i think i sent you the info there was a text thread on this one Uh, but there was a lot of text threads yeah (laughs) i might have missed it because we've been planning a lot of stuff i'm glad i'm getting involved to help organize this yeah Yeah. thank you Finally, we're having a meeting on social media. We this need some OSV innovation in here right. to make this happen. But you know what Smaller you just highlighted? Table on social media. Here we go. <laughs> Paul just highlighted that there is a lot going on with the Beatitudes. It's actually why we have to transition to season two for much more things. So many more things. And really the launch of more partnerships. More products from zero to one, which is yeah. a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> you that's can't a, even multiply. Yeah, it's that's a, a million times more <laughs> plus one. It's an infinite increase. Yeah. What's crazy about it is one of those is an integer. <laughs> Just a running joke. Wait, what? No, technically they're both integers. You told me zero wasn't an integer on the last show. I thought, no, it's just it's not a whole number. because well, no. We're going to have to go to the tape. <laughs> We'll pull this one. We'll pull this one up. All right. Well, let's pull it up right now. All I right. want to bring in. Well, he's sitting here. <laughs> yeah. If you've been watching on YouTube, hello. The underscore Beatitudes. You've I'm seen so him. far away from you, so <laughs> I can see where you can. Bring see. him in. <laughs> welcome in, Jason Shanks. Jason Shanks, Thanks. welcome to the studio. Thanks. I'm sorry we kept you outside so long. We had an integer X Twitter <laughs> paddle Glad going on. Glad to be here. here. Thanks. Yeah, uh, and you flew in from out of town. Flew in for this, believe it or not. That makes you in the top eight people that have ever flown in to be on the show before. Has there been eight people? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Shots fired. We were going to say, you're you're on our main page for MySpace because you're in our top eight. MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) That's how social media savvy I am, (laughs) just to keep with the theme. Yeah, we got this. Our social media coordinator. Top eight. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, glad to be here. I want to say this: we're going to have a show that mixes both humor and holiness together with you, because I know you've listened to a few episodes, and one yeah. of your pieces of feedback was lots of giggling. Well, that's lots done. Lots of laughing. That's yes. over now. No more laughing. Yeah, we're getting super <laughs> Let's get serious. serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get down to business. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Oh, yeah. He didn't break. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm intimidated. Ain't no shanking us now. Welcome to the oh. show, Jason Shanks. Boy, 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 boy. <laughs> All right. Where'd you join us from, and how do you even know us? Where'd I join you from? So I'm coming from Indiana, flew here um, with our Sunday visitor. So I work at our Sunday visitor. Awesome. And I know Jeff from uh, dinner. dinner five, six years ago, <laughs> where I flew out. For a dinner with a bunch of uh, different Catholics here in Dallas, and I think it took us three hours, and we made it through the introductions. That's right. It was like ten of us. It was so great. And I actually want to. <laughs> that was it. All we did, we just introduced ourselves for like three hours, and then that. And now we're going to be connected forever. Yeah, <laughs> now we're connected. That's like twenty minutes per person. Oh, it was deep. Everybody went real deep. But okay. that's the average, and I, you're going to have trouble believing this, but I'm going to tell you a true self brag for a second here. I did the shortest intro at the table that night. I basically said, I rented this place. You're welcome. My name's Jeff. I'm involved in a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I thought that we were going to do introductions, and then we were going to dive into something. And it got to the end. I was like, I had so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> you were robbed. It's one of those things that evolves. I'm like, oh, people are getting deeper. Oh, the next guy's getting deeper. The yeah. next guy's getting deeper. And then when yeah. I was five years old, I'm like, what? I never covered even when I was 15. Come yeah. on. <laughs> You're like... And you can't be that guy who's like, well, let's let's circle back around to, to me who started this. You don't want to be that you person. You did take a lot of credit for the evening, though. I remember that. There was a, that's not surprising. That, that's <laughs> on brand. <Yeah. laughs> I, I remember a lot of other people doing most of the work, but we gave you it's the credit. It's called leadership, Jason. Delegation. <laughs> Delegation. Welcome to the world of middle management. <laughs> I kept you entertained while you they were all working. They we, said, we did, actually. They, they, I was like the celebrity handler. You were the Jason sh- Shanks is coming in town. Jeff, you seem to be good at being interested in people. <laughs> Sit next to him. <laughs> Handle it. And then, <laughs> and then barely introduce yourself. Or do that. <laughs> Man of mystery. Called out. <laughs> he had to follow up with you because he didn't know anything about you. Okay, so I missed your intro. <laughs> All right, well, good. Well, you are our second. Well, we've had three guests come in from Indiana. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Scott. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just two. You and Scott. The, but two from OSV, so I'm getting all my math yeah. wrong. Yeah. 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 Jason, Jason Duderman. Duderman was here recently. The second man. The second man. <laughs> <laughs> You've watched our show. I have. I've all done right. my research. Yeah. That was just in, like, the rental car today cramming. That's right. <laughs> uh, two times. I was Steve. like, what is this? Is yeah. it? Skip 30 on? seconds. How did I get seconds. on this show? He's like, I flew to town for this. <laughs> <laughs> we give you stickers on the way out. It's a big deal. Yeah. It takes off the edge of the buyer's remorse. It, it reminds, your podcast reminds me a lot of uh, Smartless. Oh, thank you. That's a, I think what it is could that? be the Catholic right. Smartless. It's, uh, I've heard somebody say this, but I don't know what Jason it is. Jason Bateman. Um, I did hear this. They go, they surprise somebody, right? Well, they, they interview a guest. Yeah. So they, and it's usually one of their friends from Hollywood or yeah. something and somebody that they've worked with before. And then, I mean, but before the interview, it's a lot of like banter and just kind of catching up, hmm. that sort of thing. Huh. And they, they rib each other. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard it from somebody else now too. So that's two. And it's like. I'll take it. This I think that's a great one. Super popular. We're and you are like Hollywood level. That's what oh, yeah. we're also saying. In this. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right, so OSV, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about uh, just your role, your OSV history career? But then I have a maybe a little bit more serious question for you, but I want people to know who you are first. Sure. So our Sunday visitor is a is apostolate for about 110 years, 111 years. And they do a little of everything, but they're known for a Catholic newspaper, Catholic publisher in terms of, of books and curriculum. They do a lot in the parish space. So if you have an offertory envelope in your parish, it likely comes from our Sunday visitor. They're the leading producer of envelopes in the world of offertory envelopes. Wow. Hmm. And so all of those uh, products and services that our Sunday visitor does for the church gives away, uh, generates revenue. And for the last five to six years, I've used that revenue in the form of grants and prizes to fund innovative work in the area of new evangelization in the church. So we've done interesting, fun things in the what we call the OSV Challenge, where we invited all these apostolates and groups and for-profits and nonprofits to come forward with ideas to move the needle, um, to bring people to Jesus Christ in his church. Things like OSV Talks, which you and Jason Juderman talked a little bit about. Yep. Just trying to like jumpstart our evangelistic juices a little bit um, and put some money behind it. So for the last six years, I've run what's called the Our Sunday Visitor OSV Institute. And it's... Um, it's been a lot of fun, and it's it's led me down a lot of interesting paths in the work of entrepreneurship and innovation within the Catholic space. Well, it's interesting, too, because when I look at uh, your role in helping to force change, I say force because people aren't ready for it, right? right. <laughs> and to inspire people to step out onto that ledge, whether it's entrepreneurs or creatives or whoever, or even giving creatives an outlet to go work. We've had the Anthony D'Ambrosio on here. I know he right. was a part of some of that work yep. with the talks and, and the challenge um, along with his brother. I look at this, you really became a very well-known and are a very well-known part of the Catholic ecosphere, the apostolates, the diocese, the bishops, right. um, probably beyond the borders of our great nation. But I will say it is a real honor to have you here. From day one, we've always said it would be great when Jason Shanks comes to town to try to catch him. So thanks for making this uh, making this happen. You also have an awesome uh, family background. Can you share us a little bit more about your family, your kiddos, your wife? I'd love to hear some of that stuff. Been married 20 years to my beautiful wife, Melissa. Awesome. And we have five kids, um, all the way down from 15 down to age five. Uh, the change in the Shanks household is they're now all in school. So that's mm. a little... We're little empty nesters during the day now. One of the, um, my oldest daughter, Nora, has special needs. So we have our oldest uh, has cerebral palsy and autism. So that presents a little extra challenge around the house. So developmentally, she's about a one and one and a half year old. Um, and she's our little saint of our house. Yeah. Like, matter of fact, my kids yesterday were just talking to me about, so she can never sin, right? I'm like, yeah, that's right. Beautiful. Like she's not going to mm. reach the age of reason. So she is like our, our saint in our house. Um, five wonderful kids. We've been in Indiana for probably five or six years, but I'm originally from Ohio. So okay. I went from a Buckeye to a Domer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they all seem like they're just north of here. That's yeah, all, all Midwest. <laughs> Two-hour flight yeah. north yeah. somewhere. Y'all are north of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> that's right. That's all we know down here. Paul's, Paul's really embracing the South. He is. <laughs> I think they're I also, aren't they all in the Northern time zone? <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> yep. Yep. The Northern. Oh, slow clap. Nice. Wait, give yourself a little. Clap. No, I have a song for this. Here, I'll, <laughs> press, I'll press the button. 
Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Finally got the slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was that was quite the lead up. I like how you pressed the button <laughs> like it was something other than your own voice singing. Well, he's that. gonna add in post the, the, the <laughs> that bass will be a button. Yeah. The army. That will now be a button for future episodes. <laughs> mm, that's that's like we made it. Hey, so Jason, um, yeah. you are very well known, and that's a key part of the story. You went through probably one of the most public battles I've ever seen with COVID. And I would love to maybe, and I know my co-hosts haven't heard this whole story, but share with us, um, and and you're not the one to sit here and brag about it. I think the nation prayed for you. And so I would love to maybe take us back to what you went through, what your family went through, and there's no time limit on this. I just want people to be able to hear some of what, uh, what you've experienced, what your family experienced. Yeah, so COVID, right? Everybody sort of remembers what that was like. We were what we were washing our mail and cleaning the dish, cleaning the groceries when they're coming in, mm-hmm. and like everybody, we were we were you know storing up toilet paper in the basement and and concerned. And I was young enough that couldn't get any vaccination, so this was really early on. And when it hit Fort Wayne, Indiana, as an asthmatic, I got it really bad, and so I was in my house. And I was trying to get breathing treatments and this, that, and the other. And there was a moment where I realized uh, I'm not going to be able to handle this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I asked my wife to call the ambulance, and I was taken by squad to the hospital. So when I'm in the hospital um, in the emergency room, they um, uh, I'm struggling to breathe, and they went and did a, uh, a X-ray of my lungs, and they came back and said, "We're going to have to sedate you and intubate you." Now, as an asthmatic, what I really sort of thought was going to happen was I would go there, I would get a breathing treatment, you know, some steroids, and then they would send you back home. I, but I, like many at the people at the time, you sort of understand, oh, sedation and intubation is pretty serious, and we sort of know the statistics and stats of that at the time. Yeah. They had done an x-ray, and they said my lungs were the second worst that they have seen. And, um, and so at that moment, then I said, well, I need to get a priest here to anoint. Mm. And so I, um, as a priest was driving here, I started informing my family and coworkers and friends. I wrote my coworkers, the folks at the Institute at the time. And I said, uh, we were really making a lot of great traction on the challenge and this. And I said, guys, you know, keep the dream alive. doesn't look like I'm going to make it. And I told my, uh, my boss and everything, it looks like my end is now. Um, and thank you. But then I called my wife and I said, you know, I'm going to have to be sedated and intubated. She says to me, uh, she's a saint, by the way. Um, and she, she says is. to me, she says, um, okay, Jason, what I need you to do is I need you to write a message through text to every one of your kids, mm. our five kids, saying goodbye so that someday I can, <laughs> I can read that to them. So I'm in there with all this stuff oh. and I'm laying there with my phone and I'm, I'm, um, I'm, you know, in one moment, guys, I'm like, you know, your life is flashing forward. You're, fl- you're, I'm taking every one of those kids and I'm thinking about what am I going to say now that my little girl is going to read when she's going down the aisle and I'm not there? What am I going to say to my son someday when they go to drive? Um, what am I going to say? And then not only am I looking forward to what I'm going to say, 
I'm also then looking backwards to say, why didn't I say these things, right? And now I have about 15 minutes to say goodbye to everybody I love. And, um, and so I'm writing those, I'm writing those messages. Now, by the way, my wife tells me later, they weren't very good. (laughs) 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 It's the medicine and I've never read them since, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to come back to that because I think there's some, there's some lessons there for our listeners and particularly us guys and us dads to really think about, let's not wait until we have to say what we need to say. I think Jeff, frankly, you're, you're one of those people who I know in my life will say, I love you, brother, right? But to our kids, I think, gosh, we have a lot we need to say and tell them that we love them every day. But also those other things, those life lessons that we need to teach them before it's too late. So I had that moment, and then I went, um, and they uh, put me under. Um, But before they did that, some priest who was a friend of mine, who I'd known uh, many years ago, we went to school together, who, who, who came and anointed me. Uh, I don't know how he got through, but this heroic priest got through because at That's COVID impressive. time, yeah. he, he had to get back there. And he got back there and he did a quick anointing and they took him aside um, and they said, Father, before you go out, I'm just going to let you know uh, the next call you will receive will be received will be of his death. So this is a priest wow. friend who I knew who's now coming in to anoint me and he's in tears. Mm. And I'm like, why is he so emotional? But he told me later that I was like family to him, and he he was just told that this is likely this is it. it. So they put me under. Um, and now, the other person in this story that will come up is a Catholic doctor who goes to my parish. And what I didn't realize was is in the background, my wife called him and said he's at your emergency room. And um, he went in. They called him in. He came in. And they said, there's a young man that you're going to need. Well, he's a friend. So he comes in and he says, for the first time during COVID, he took off his glove. And he said he touched a COVID patient myself for the first time. And he said something like, this is, this is going to hurt. Because to sedate you, they've got to go into arteries and things. And so he, this Catholic doctor, I think really it resonates in my story because he did some other heroic things as I was sedated. So they put me under and I'm under. And, you know, I, again, I thought I was going to get like, okay, you go under for a day, you go under for two days. I was in total sedated for 45 days. (sighs) So they woke me up by the way, after two weeks. So what they try to do when you're sedated is they wake you up and because they want to make sure you have brain functioning. They wake me up and I'm awake at one point for three days. And during that three days, I got septus pneumonia and my kidneys started shutting down oh my god so they said to my wife we're gonna put him under and he's worse now than when we brought him in and and um and of course i can't my wife can't come in so what's happening at home is all my kids have covid and my wife and she is she is just as bad matter of fact uh we had a heroic person who came into our house to help take care of the children Mm. during this time uh, and my wife was so bad that the hospital was counseling her on what she needed to do at home because they were getting concerned that both of us would be in. So now I'm, I'm put back under. And once you, your kidneys start shutting down, your organs are starting to shut down. They're, start, they're already talking about ECMO machines and a variety of other things. My amazing wife says, 
COVID protocols should no longer apply. End of life protocols should apply. You've got to get me in. I'm not going to have him die by himself. And this nurse snuck her in. And so we have this picture of her in her full, you know, all medical stuff, um, giving me a kiss on the cheek uh, as I'm sedated there. Right? Thanks be to God. So she knows at this moment, she knows, um, well, I think at this point she was trying to be private, right? And she says, you know what, if this is the end, um, and someone um, gave her a St. Jude relic. So they asked if they could get that relic in, and they put the relic on my chest. It was taped to me. And a novena started to St. Jude. And that and new St. Jude is impossible causes? Impossible causes, right. So St. Jude hospitals, you think of it like the, those hospitals are where you go with impossible. And so it's a, this is, and we never really had a devotion to St. Jude. We do now. <laughs> <laughs> and so a novena went out. And, and to your point, everybody across the country, around the world, started praying this novena for me. And mm. every day of that novena, I got better and better and better and better to the point that they called her and said, you're not going to believe this. He showed mark improvement. Um, they, um, the last day of the novena, when they were finished, they were all, there was a vigil outside my hospital. That last day, I woke up. And I was, oh I woke up and, um, and I will tell you guys that, you know, there's a story in the Bible about a paralytic lowered through a roof, right? Mm -hmm. There's this paralytic lowered through the roof and Jesus says, you know, rise and walk. Right. And I've read that story many times and you always, at certain point in that story, you focus on Jesus and the paralytic. And what I, what I came to realize was is these friends that lowered the paralytic through the roof, the courage and brave me, bravery and faith of those friends saved that paralytic. Mm -hmm. And in my life, it was all the friends who prayed for me around the world that saved my life, right? The miracle happened because of the intercession of the prayers of the men and women who prayed me to life, right? And, I, and Jesus says, rise and walk. So now I'm so now I'm awake, right? Now I am waking, I would say. And let me just tell you quickly, um, what was happening to me over that 45-day period is mentally I was in a different reality. Mm. So I was in a different world, and I thought it was real. Pretty lucid. Yeah, pretty lucid, right? Mm. And they call it ICU delirium. Oh, geez. And they give you medicine. They give you medicine to actually um, help you forget. Like you're supposed to not remember, mm. but I did. So as they're gradually waking me back up, and I have, I've lived a different reality, and we can talk about that uh, a little bit more. I lived a different reality. When I woke up, the, the real world and this dream world were blended. And so I just want to set the stage a little bit to say when I woke up, I was traked, so I couldn't speak. Um, they, during that 45 days, anytime I would move a limb, my blood oxygen would drop so much they would stop, they just stop moving me. And I was pronated on my stomach for 18 mm -hmm. hours a day. <laughs> what it meant was, is when I could woke up, I, I couldn't move my arms, I couldn't move my legs. 
I was trached so I couldn't swallow or talk. And so physically, um, I was immobile, but mentally I couldn't figure out who was, what was what. Mm. So my wife shows up and I could move my arm and, and, and I, I'm going, I want to, can I write something, right? Can I write something? So they give me this, they give me this whiteboard and they give me this, this pen. And apparently I could only write a little small. And my first words, my first words to my wife and to the people after going through all this ordeal, my first words were, how much is this costing me? It's <laughs> <laughs> a very, very dad move. Very yep. dad. How very much dad. is this costing me? That's the real reality. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, how long have I been here? Who's paying this bill? This is, this is, yeah, I, I didn't realize what I went through. I just know, oh boy. My wife then looks over at me and she goes, she goes to me, she says, she says, uh, Jason, you can never be mad at me because I saved your life four times. <laughs> <laughs> so even today, like if she gets mad at me at home, I'll be like, you had your chance. Yeah. <laughs> like you had you your there. chance. <laughs> like you could have said the way that enough. Right. But she saved my life uh, you know, four times. And I think she really did. She had to make metal de medical decisions wow. four times. So then for me, the journey to get home was the next challenge. How do I get up and walking again? How mm. do I function again? I was determined to be able to get up my stairs and lay with my wife again in our bed. I wasn't going to go back home like this. And that became the next state of, of challenge was how am I going to discover what is real, what is not real? Am I laying in a dream? Am I still sedated? What is going on here? And how am I, I going to physically get back? They will say, they said, the doctor said, we thought at a certain point during that novena you would live. What we, we, we weren't sure is what that would look like. Sure. So my wife was actually making plans for me to be in, um, in a care facility long term, right? They weren't sure mentally I'd be back. They weren't sure if I'd walk again. So the idea that I'm here talking, moving, walking, for them is equally a miracle, um, the, the science of it, because I had to, later I went and I talked to the doctors and I said, how do you explain this? They said, we just, we did for you what we do for everybody else. And they said, we can't explain it hmm. because I would tell you, I, I really struggled afterwards. I struggled a lot with, I was, I was known as the miracle, uh, at the hospital. They would call me the miracle man. Um, and, um, later I struggled with that. Like I struggled with why was I, why did I survive? Like a survivor guilt. Like a survivor. Yeah. But mm. I would tell you, I use that by the way, I use that miracle man because I realized is because that experience happened, the nurses and the staff would come even when I couldn't talk and they would tell me their faith stories. Yeah. They would mm. tell me their stories of their marriage. <laughs> and so I would, I wrote my wife, I said, do you, do you remember the rosaries we got in Rome a few years ago and we bought the whole pack of them? Can you bring them? And so when they would, because I couldn't talk, I would hand them a rosary, mm. right? And so it became this really, like part of the getting back for me was the giving, was the giving to others, right? The best I could. As an example, Bishop, our, my local bishop showed up. It was a funny story. Later, as I'm in a, in a, in a, a completely different state in another facility, there was all this activity in the room going on. 
And I said, what, what's going on here? And they said, a special guest is showing up. And so we, we better, we're cleaning up the room. And I said, who's showing up? <laughs> this is when I could talk. And they said, your bishop is showing up. And we've never had a bishop here before. And I said, well, then don't just clean up the room. You better clean me up. And I'm not greeting the bishop in this bed. You better get me over in that chair. Well, the, the fun of it is I hadn't sat up in a chair yet. So they said, okay, so we put the chair. So Bishop, my Bishop, Bishop Rhodes, great man, pastoral man, shows up in my room. And I said, you know, I, I said, Bishop, uh, did you bring communion? It's the last day of Christmas, baptism of the Lord. He said, no, Jason, I didn't bring communion. But what I brought is I brought my vestments. I'm going to say mass for you in your room. <laughs> oh, my God. Just me and him. Now, I said, well, I can't swallow. He goes, I'll give you a little water, and we'll just put a little host. And I said, and Bishop, I, I'm not going to be able to, like, say the prayers. He said, you just say them in your head. I got this. Now, I would have thought, right, I said, okay, this will be, I'm just learning how to sit. This will be like a 20, 30-minute quick mass. It's just him and I. Oh, no, he brought it. It was an hour <laughs> homily. We did the whole thing. And at one point, I was like, someone get me back in that bed. <laughs> But he was a so what he did though afterwards I said Bishop I'd like to ask you some questions how can I take any graces that I may be getting from this suffering and apply it to others and we had this good little catechesis on it and thereafter my wife would bring these prayers because what was happening is after this happened prayers started pouring in from all these people right and so we would then take those prayers in the hospital and we would lift them up to the Lord and apply graces of suffering. And I offer that because I think that's part of the recovery, right? Getting outside of ourselves, being able to give of ourselves to others. And we can do it even when we're mobile and, and sick and hurting. And for me, it's what helped get me up. It's what helped bring me upright. Um, so that, believe it or not, uh, everybody, that's the short version of this story. <laughs> and I can tell you so more about going questions. home. Yeah. Wow. Can you, there's parts that I've never heard before. Your wife's name is Melissa. Melissa, yes. I think that we're sitting next to, you're not going to have your own Saint Day, but Saint Jason and Saint Melissa is uh, going to be no, future venerated. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Quiet. I'm grateful. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the hardest parts of coming out of that alternate yep. reality? Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, funny story is, is, you know, at one point they started sending in psychiatrists and psychologists and any medical, you know, mental expert they could. And, and I, at one point I was like, listen, uh, I've taken many credit hours in philosophy. <laughs> like this idea of are we living in a dream is not uncommon. Can just let me sort this out, right? Um, I, I, okay, so. For me, it was real. That's the hardest thing to say is I really experienced it. Let me give you an example. When they woke me up, they said, your, your mom would like to talk to you. And so at the time, you have to bring up the iPad because no one can visit. They bring up the iPad. I'm trached, so I can't speak. She comes up on the screen, and my father's on the screen. And I, I close the screen. I'm in tears, crying. And my, my wife brings over the board, and I said, how is this possible? I watched him die. 
So in my dream state, I watched my father physically die. I thought he was dead. And he's been brought back to life on the screen. And I haven't yet to put this two to two together that I was in a different reality. Matter of fact, um, one of the first questions I asked my wife when we, when I was brought awake, this poor woman who just saved my life, I said, are you and I married? Right? Because I'm looking at my finger and they don't have rings on it. And what I have stuff that happened to our relationship in my dream state was not good. Yeah. Right. And so I'm living sort of this purgatory. Right. And things that were happening in the real world were somehow ending up in my dream. So they actually paralyzed me because I was pulling tubes out. So they gave me medicine to paralyze my body. In my dream state, I'm trying to figure out why can't I walk? Mm. And how do I get out of that sort of reality? I, I, um, I mean, the, the, the dream world sort of goes on and on and on. And, um, and the reason I like talking about it is I don't think we talk enough on some of the mental aspect of things. And I get a lot of letters from people who are struggling with mental illness or this, that, and the other. And for a little period of time, I dealt with it. But here's what got me out to sort of figure out that this is the real world. What I realized was is in my dream world, I did not have the ordinary. I realized in the dream state, I never washed a dish. I never went to the bathroom. I never did the day-to-day chores. Everything was extraordinary. I did, you know, it was like a sitcom or a show like we always tune into. And I realized this must be the real world because this is the world of the ordinary. And guys, I came to appreciate Mm. the beauty of that. Like the ordinary is what grounds us. The ordinary is where real life happens, right? And I think especially as guys, we think about stealing home or, 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 you know, something extraordinary that we've done or want to do. But I think we've got to more embrace the ordinary everyday activity and things that we do in life because it is where truth is found, right? It's in the moments with your cleaning up the kitchen with your children. It's, it's in the everyday sacrifices that you make. And so it is like, you know, the little flower, right? The, the little ordinary things. And for me, it's what brought me that this must be the real world because this is where the ordinary is found. And even with that, I would say for the first year, believe it or not, I would go and search for the world that wasn't there. Really, It took me a while as we would travel. I would say, I think. I think that was in my dream. I think that, like, I, I know I realized I was mm. in some of the scenes of the dream. I was looking for it, so it, it took a lot of reminders to say, "This is real. This is the real world," because this is where I help my, you know, put the socks on my children, where the other world, th- that kind of stuff, never existed. And I will not take for granted putting socks on my children. <laughs> wow, Jason, this is intense. Yeah. You lived. Here you are. <laughs> God is good. God is so good. Talk about coming home. I think this whole show is just going to be, let's keep going. Uh, talk about what it was like coming home some more to your kids. And, and I don't know, what is their reaction to dad's recovery and miracle of, of this novena? Oh, uh, okay. So came in, I come home and uh, I'm doing in-home care. The kids are, of course, overjoyed that I'm home. I'll tell you this funny story. Um, as I'm, I'm doing in-home rehab, uh, one nurse, by the way, says to me, she goes, 
you were hit by a Mack truck like five times. I mean, that's how she compared to what I went through. And I'm working with this really good physical therapist and, and OT therapist. And one of the after effects is, is I had problems being able to move my arms. So it took a while to be able to get back full functioning. And my, there was nerve damage in my hands and my feet and legs and the nerves. And so I, could, I can only use like six fingers for a while. I'll never forget this physical therapist as I got further along. We were outside. She goes, what do you want to do? They go, I'd like to try to ride a bike. Now, I go to get on the bike. And imagine you've taught your kids to ride. You know, you're like the, the little kid. You hold the back. Well, this is what I'm now going to experience as an adult. Someone holding the back of my bike as an adult. And, uh, and I, go to go, I go to take off. And I'm thinking about all the effort it took to walk. And how many, and, and what that was like. And I thought, gosh, the idea of just taking off on this bike is going to be difficult. So I, I paused and she says to me, what's wrong? And I said, well, I'm just trying to think about, you know, if about, about doing this and am I going to fall? And she goes, she goes, well, if you're going to fall, just fall left. That's your bad side. And for whatever reason, I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. And I went and I didn't even think about it. It was like, she was just like, yeah, okay. You probably fall, fall left. And I thought, gosh, sometimes don't we just need that kick in the pants that Jeez. says just, you're, yes. Yeah, you're going to fall. Fall, Do it. fall to the left. <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay. My daughter though, daughter, my daughter, Lila, um, my second uh, oldest daughter. Later, I started talking to the children and I said, hey, did you know daddy was pretty sick? And she says to me, she says, yeah, I did at one point. And I said, well, what gave it away? And she said, well, mom was pretty upset. And that's when I knew there was, there was a serious issue. And I said, um, okay, when did you know daddy was going to come home? I'll never forget this. She said, when I saw you fighting to walk. And I thought, yes fighting to walk, you know, and I, I started comparing that to my spiritual or spiritual lives as men, right? I think sometimes as guys, we have this sense of perfection in our spiritual walks, right? And we think our kids are looking at this model or image of God, the father. And, and we, and we, and we have this image that we have to have it all together. But what brought my daughter hope wasn't in the stride of my walking, was in the fight, the fight to get up, the fight to walk. And I think my message would be, especially to the guys that are listening, is people are watching, but what they're watching is not so much that you've got it together, but that you're fighting to get it together, that you're fighting to get up, right? It's the Christ fallen three times and he gets up three times. They want to see you fall, but they want to see you with the grit and the grind of trying to, to get it back together and get up. And that's what gives our families hope. And that's what gave my daughter hope was that she could see me fighting. And when she saw me fighting, she knew it was going to be okay. It wasn't the result at the end. It wasn't that he walked through the door. She knew just in the, in the challenge on my face and the determination that I'm going to, I'm going to walk again and I'm going to fight to get there. And that's what gives our kids hope, I think, as men. Um, and, and so that was, that was powerful uh, for me, a lesson that I, I don't think I would have learned 
uh, had he not gone through that and had that experience and and talked to her about it. We make a lot of jokes at home about it, though. There's a lot of conversation in our house about death. And and uh, and so that my family is very aware of, of possibilities and what it matters and uh, keeping the end in mind. That's that's something that's regularly discussed almost at the dinner table because they went through such a traumatic experience of having to deal with it. Um, so I, I think it's a gift. And overall, I will I maybe close with this. I would say that this whole experience for the first time in my life. I'm able, I was able to relate and understand my special needs daughter. And for that, mm. I would never trade this for the world. Mm. I know she falls all the time mm. and has to walk, get up. She is nonverbal. I was nonverbal. Mm. And I could never relate to her before. But I can now. Like, we share something now through experience that mm. I, would, I wouldn't trade for the world. Because for the first time, I understand my 15-year-old daughter and what she's went through for 15 years, and I just went through it for 90 days. I hope the world gets to hear your story because men need to hear this. They need to hear this about their walk. The three of us are doing this Exodus St. Michael's Lent, and I remember we were kind of talking about like what we're capable of. And I remember them saying, no, you're supposed to fail. Like Exodus 90 is built for failure because it's about you getting back up. Yeah. And you've said that in such a powerful, real way that isn't manufactured, even though, you know, we're kind of forcing ourselves in a good way with Exodus. But I look at your story and it's inspirational. Your story is one of miraculous healing through the power of prayer. And um, maybe Jason... This is how the whole world's going to hear is that this will be the Beatitudes that goes viral. Mm. That's what I'm predicting. Well, Mostly I, because we weren't talking. <laughs> <laughs> we finally did it. And we let the guests talk. <laughs> the secret to success. And to all of our wives, you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> to all of our guests, sorry for talking over you. Yes. <laughs> be more like Jason Shanks. <laughs> wow. Wow. It was the same shame sort of thing. Same shame. (laughs) I'll tell you, brother, uh, we have a bonus show with you. We're going to be talking about Catholic innovation. We'll play some games. We'll do some goofy stuff on there too. But there's nowhere else to go but here from from here but to say thanks be to God for all of our lives, for putting on socks, for the dishes you have to wash, for the times that we fall, for brotherhood, for manhood, for responsibility, for getting back up. Amen. Well, we are the Beatitudes. This is Jason Shanks. Stick around for the bonus show on Friday. We promise um, to also let Jason talk on that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I can take a break. You've seen our show before. We don't shut up very often. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Uh, And with that, we will see See you in the the Eucharist. Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. 
This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.